Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. Yeah, great to be here tonight. Uh, thank you, um, thank you so much. This is actually my second preach for this week, which is a bit weird. Um, we we had an amazing YA night um, last Tuesday night, and it was it was powerful. God really brought something fresh, something new, um, and I, I just yeah, there's something burning in my heart for what God's doing in young adults in this church in this city. I just believe you know it's a new day, it's a fresh day, but I also know that tonight is a new night, a fresh night. I know that God wants to pour out something great um, in this place. Uh, I, I don't believe through um, He wants to pour out something great through anything that I've thought of or anything, but I know that His Spirit is present among us, like Nick shared earlier, you know, where two or more are gathered, and I do count more than two here, thank God. Um, I want to, just before I start, I want to honor my mom and my grandma who are here tonight. Um, I literally wouldn't be here without them, and my little brothers and sisters. Um, thanks for coming. It's always good to see you at church. Um, they go to their own. So I made that joke last time, and they serve greatly in their own, um, actually. Um, but uh, we're going to get into tonight. I, I, I'm going to try and answer a very big question tonight, um, one that we could probably stack this whole church up with books from the, the floor to the roof, the whole thing, and there'd still be books outside, uh, written about the question of, who is Jesus? This is what I want to kind of begin to tackle tonight. Um, and I've got no illusions that, you know, in this uh, 30 or so minutes that I'm going to spend that I'm going to, you know, uh, finally put a nail in the coffin. We can all go home and go to heaven. Um, this is, a, this is a, as much as great as that would be. Um, this is a, it's, it's always a new discovery um, for us as Christians, new discovery throughout the millenniums. But um, I'm going to give it my best go. How about that? And um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and answer it um, tonight in terms of a historical way to look at him, uh, a way that um, we see throughout the Bible, a way that was kind of, we first saw um, the church historian Eusebius um, in around 300 AD. He began to kind of talk about Christ like this, and it's been talked about throughout that time. It, it's a way to view Christ in three ways, and um, it's called the threefold office, and it's looking at Christ as our prophet, as our priest, and as our king. Um, and I, I want to firstly, before I do that, I, I want to ask a quick question. Um, what is Jesus' last name? Anyone want to go? What, what is it? Christ. Jesus Christ, right? That's it. You might think that, uh, and Pastor Nick, uh, you might actually be wrong about that, because the fact is, that's not his last name. Because the fact is, I know, right? There was no last names um, back in the time where Jesus was alive. Last names actually didn't exist until around 13th or 14th century um, AD, which is unfortunate for me because, um, you know, I love modern technology, but I would have uh, liked to not have the last name that I have, to be completely honest, uh, just because it's got a, a... I got made a lot of fun of a lot at, at school um, based on my last name, Pew. You can think of what you can do with that. Um, but there was no last names. Back in these days, people would refer to um, people by who they were the son of. So it would be Jesus, son of Joseph, or, you know, John, son of Zebedee, um, Solomon, son of David. This is how um, we knew people back then. But um, the question then is, is then why do we call him Jesus Christ? You know, wh- wh- where, did, where did the word Christ come from? And I, I want to answer that, and we're going to do three rounds of translations, but stay with me. It's really simple. Christ is Greek, okay? That's a Greek word, and it's actually a Greek word for a Hebrew word used all throughout the Old Testament, which is Messiah. Um, and Messiah, if we go then again, is English for anointed one, or an anointed one. 
And the fact is, in the Old Testament, there are actually a lot of anointed ones. You know, we, we use the word Christ or Messiah today, and we normally, when we use that, we think of Jesus alone. But in the Old Testament, there were a lot of messiahs, because someone that was anointed in the Old Testament was anointed to do a particular thing for God. And if you read through the Old Testament, you'll see that people are anointed for three things in particular. People are anointed to be prophets, people are anointed to be kings or priests, and people were anointed to be kings. And on the screen behind me, hopefully there's a slide there that proves I'm not telling fibs. Um, this, is, um, this is what a Messiah was. Um, but now we're going to flip to the, the New Testament for one second. And I want to read from Matthew 16, verse 13 to 17. Um, it says this, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do, they say, uh, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, in his stereotypical boldness, said this, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. You know, Peter in this instance, he didn't say you are a Christ, a Messiah, a anointed one, a prophet, a priest, or a king. He said, you are the Christ, the Christ, the, it is finished, no more, we've got there, bingo, this is the Christ. And um, this is what I want to dig into a little bit tonight is, well, what does that mean for us? If Christ is our prophet, our priest, our king, firstly, you know, a lot of these things, we don't really have modern-day parallels for them. So it can be a little bit, we've got to kind of think back a little bit to what does it mean for someone to be a prophet, a priest, or a king. That's what I want to explore. But before I do that, I just want to, I want to read one quote um, from, I'm not going to say his, his word, um, his name right, it's like Francis Turatini or, or something. Um, Italians can correct, correct me later on that one. Um, and it says this, the threefold misery of humanity, off to a great start, right? The threefold misery of humanity resulting from sin, that is ignorance, guilt, and oppression and bondage of sin, required the threefold office. Ignorance is healed through the prophetic office, guilt through the priestly, and oppression and bondage of sin through the kingly. The prophet shows God to us, the priest leads us to God, and the king joins us together with God and glorifies us with him. The prophet illuminates the mind by the spirit of enlightenment. The priest soothes the heart and conscience by the spirit of consolation. And the king subdues rebellious inclinations by the spirit of sanctification. Prophet, priest, king. Why don't we pray? Lord God, I just pray that as we have gathered here tonight, God, that you would really speak in our midst, Lord God. You would not just speak to our hearts, but you would speak to our minds, you would speak to our souls, Lord Jesus. Not because we've earned it, but because you're a good God, always ready to pour out new revelation, pour out exactly what we need, God. And I just pray through this word, Lord Jesus, that you would be glorified, that we would draw closer and closer to you, God, as prophet, as priest, as king, Lord God, and we would know you more fully through tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Um, now... I think I'm a pretty reasonable guy all around. Like, I, I, um, don't you love that James is uh, my roommate and he's laughing the loudest at the moment, uh, which is a bad sign. Um, but I think I can keep a pretty level head in most situations. Now, 
like all of us, I've got my faults, you know. When I'm hungry, in particular situations, I can get a little unreasonable if I'm hungry. I mean, come on, don't we all? Anyone else a hangry person? You know, you get hungry and the emotions, you know, start to come in waves. Uh, I'm, I'm, all the parents are going to hate me right now. I'm like a baby when it comes to sleep. Like, I need my eight hours, all right? Like, parents, I honor you. I don't know how you do that whole, like, waking up in the middle of the night for your kids. Like, I, yeah, I just, I, I need my hours of sleep. If I even get seven hours and 59 minutes, I'm like, nah, I'm done with this day, all right? I need to have my eight hours and one minute tonight to make up for that one minute I lost. Like, I don't know what it is about me. Um, and there's one other place I can think about where I can get a little unreasonable. Um, and that's in the front seat of a car when a friend is driving. Um, now, if it's not a friend driving, it's just like an acquaintance. I can be polite, I'm fine. So this is how you'll know if we're actually friends or not. Um, just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, but like, if I'm really, you know, really tight and we're in the front seat of the car and you make like even the slightest mistake, like, like even like, you know, you're driving like 95 and it's 100 for like, you know, and you're only there for like three seconds or like, I don't know, you, you miss a turn off or like you miss a park that would have been perfect. Like, I don't know what it is in me. Like, I try to use the fruit of the Spirit self-control as much as I can, but it's just like it comes in a wave. It's like I just can't help but let you know. I just, I just can't. Um, is anyone else, like, anyone with me? Yeah, yeah, I see some hands. It's great. Um, and I remember it was about, what, four years ago, um, and I actually went on a road trip um, with Pastor Nick and, um, and our amazing um, alpha leader, James Allen. And um, we, um, really, really great guys. This is like, I think four years ago, something like that. And um, we did 4,000 kilometers in seven days. So you do the math. Um, trapped in James's mum's small car. Don't know how she let us use that. Um, and we went all the way down to Melbourne and back. And um, me, James, and Nick, we're pretty tight. Like we're, you know, we're, we're, fairly, we're fairly good together. I mean, you got her to do that. Um, but, you know, when you're in a car for that long together, do it all that driving, sometimes singing get a little bit tense. Uh, and I remember this one particular time, um, we were in Melbourne, and um, we were in this exact situation where I'm in the front seat of the car, and uh, Pastor Nick, uh, God bless him, is driving the car. And what we're doing is we're trying to find a park to go to these markets in Melbourne. And um, Pastor Nick, um, God bless him, uh, um, just, I, he kept driving past like side streets where it would have been perfect to find a park. And like, I'm just in that front seat just fuming, like, and I literally, I'm like, Nick, what are you doing? Side streets, we need to get a park, what's going on? Like, I, okay, I think I was hungry and also sleepy, so just forgive me, okay? Show some grace to me. Um, and so, you know, eventually, he finds a park, and we got out of the car, and we literally all went a separate way to go get lunch by ourselves, no lie. Uh, we then came back together, uh, forgiveness um, rose in the air, it was all good. Um, but uh, that's what happened. Um, and now, when I think back to this time here, I realized what I was frustrated about was that I, like, knew what was supposed to happen, um, but Nick just wasn't getting it. Like, I knew the way for Nick to go, and he just wasn't going there. And, like, it was objectively right that he should have taken one of those side streets, but he just wasn't doing it. Um, and that's why I was frustrated. Now, Nick might counter that I was frustrated because I'm a jerk, and that might also be true, um, but that's not the point I'm trying to make tonight. The point is, Nick was ignorant of a, a little something in this instance. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm actually, like, fully, I was one in the wrong. I, I'm, I'm really slow, but I, I was fully, this is all me. Uh, Nick is the, Pastor Nick is the most best driver in the world. Um, but it was this, this thing inside of me. It's like, you've got to go this way, and you're not. And I think about life. I think about how we live, and... I think this example has a pretty fitting parallel to how we live our lives in relation to God. 
We have the maker of the universe, the possessor, not just the possessor of all truth, but he who is all truth, who has, you know, knows the exact direction for us to go. And we're driving the car and it's just like, we, we have the opportunity to go to him, to go to our almighty prophet and be like, hey, you know, which way to go? Or we can keep driving past the side streets and not get the parks. Um, God bless you, Pastor Nick. <laughs> We're going to need to have like a debrief, like counseling session after this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. Um, sorry. I, I do have to apologize to you again um, after this. Um, <laughs> Jesus, our prophet. Jesus, our prophet. We drive this car. We do. We, we got our life in our hands and we have the choice every single day to go, as Christians, when we have Christ, we have the choice every single day to go to him and say, what way now, God? Where are we going? But we also equally have the choice to just keep driving. And be like, or, or even worse, we have the choice to, um, to tell God, like, hey, we're going this way. You know, like, this is 100% the way to go. Like, I just want you to tell me we need to go this way, but, like, this is the way we're going. You know, like, hey, 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 like, God, like, that, me and that girl, like, she is perfect. Like, just tell me. Like, it's all good. Like, just tell me. You know, does anyone, anyone ever pray prayers like that? I think if, if you prayed prayers, you're going to be honest and say, that can sometimes be how we go about things. But see, that's not the life that God's calling us to. God is calling us to actually be people that say, God, here's, here's the car. Where are we going? And why wouldn't we? Because you know what the Bible says, Colossians 1.15, it says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. What does that mean? That means that in Jesus, we can find the whole reality of God. And you know, the truth that God wants to give to your life isn't just a truth to like come up here. It's not like a, a truth like, you know, the speed of sound is three point, whatever. It's actually a truth to be lived out. It's a truth for, to, to work out in your particular context of what you're living in, whether it's, it's truth um, to, to come into family relationships or careers or whatever it is, God actually cares and has truth and has wisdom to speak into every area of your life. You know, it, just the start of this year, I try to make this as much as I can, a, a regular part of my praying of just going, God, where are we driving? Like, you know, where, where are we going? Like, what's the, what's the direction? What's, you know, it's, I've been, I feel like I might have been driving by myself for a week. Like, I, I need to make sure I didn't go off the wrong track, you know? Did I miss the turn? Where, did, I, did I miss the park there? Just the start of this year, I honestly, I, I went to go, I was like, you know, what's now, God? Like, what's the direction? And I felt him, you know? Um, and sometimes he, he wants us to, um, to go to places where we in ourselves, ourselves, we don't want to go, you know? I'll, I'll, I'll lay it down, I'll lay down the oof, you know? God, like, you know, I actually, I really, like, you know, I really, me and my girlfriend, like, I don't think we got to wait, you know? Like, it's, I, I just want to, I think this is going to be the best thing for my life, you know, going this way. And Jesus is like, no, nah, man, take the turn off. Like, take that turn off, bro. That's not going to go well for you. Anyone, anyone feel me? Like, hey, God, like, I just, you know, I think in this particular instance, if I just lie to my boss about this one thing, it's probably going to be the best thing for my life. And Jesus is like, bro, you need to park that car. You got to park that car. That's not the direction you need to go, right? Um, I kind of forgot what I was, um, where I was just about to go from that. Um, he's our prophet. He's our ultimate prophet. And he, he's, uh, yeah, that's what, that's what I wanted to say. Sorry, I skipped. Um, we don't want to fall into the place where we get the prophet talking to us and then disregard it. You go to the Old Testament, flick your, flick your, um, your Bible open to anywhere in the Old Testament, plus or minus five pages either way, you're going to find a story of someone that had a prophet talking to them, and then they disregarded what the prophet said. All throughout the Old Testament, there's hundreds of examples. And you know what happened every time they disregarded what the prophet said? Not good stuff. 
Never good stuff. And I, I hope this isn't like too heavy, too brutal for a first point, but I just want to hammer it home. We have the perfect ultimate prophet ready to show us all truth, ready to show us the complete roadmap. He is better than Google Maps can ever be for your life, ready to show you exactly the place for you to go if we'll just go to him and ask. And can I encourage you, what does Jesus say? What does he say about the people that go to God and ask? And maybe you don't hear the first time, but what does Jesus say? He says, be like that persistent widow who, you know, who was seeking justice from the judge. And lo, the judge didn't give it the first time. She just kept asking, kept asking. And eventually, just through her persistence, he delivered it. And sometimes, if we can be real, sometimes we've got to just have a bit of hustle going to God. We've got to not just be, you know, uh, five-second prayer Christians of, you know, God, show me the way. Oh, I didn't hear anything. All right, I'll keep doing my own thing. Sometimes we've actually got to dive deep into the depths of God, go in and worship Him, put Him first, and put our hearts in a position ready to receive from God, from the Holy Spirit, so that He can pour great things into our lives. Jesus, the ultimate prophet. I want to read um, Hebrews 7, 25, 8, verse 1 here. Um, the former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the utmost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercessions for them. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did this once and for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. Now, um, for our young adults, I, um, well, well, first, does anyone like know what it's like to kind of be in the presence of someone and feel like you're not connecting? Like you're kind of like, they're on a different wavelength, like kind of a higher wavelength and you're down here and it's like, I'm not, I can't sort of reach what you're talking about. Um, I know like half of the young adults went to see John Mayer um, on Friday night. Um, I, yeah, I thought something, if you don't know who John Mayer is, he's a musician, uh, world tour, platinum albums, that kind of deal there. And um, I was thinking, I was like, what if, what if you're just in line there and, and big Mayer boy, he's like, yo, hey, um, Hey, man, like, come in the green room. Let's hang. I'm bored, you know. Let's have a cup of tea. Um, probably not going <laughs> to have a cup of tea in the green room. Um, and, and you're sitting there. I was like, what are you going to talk about, you know? Like, yeah, man, my world tour was sick as well. Like, yeah, I remember when I went platinum. That was awesome. If that is you here, please come to Creative tomorrow. We'd love to have you. Um, but um, in, in honesty, like, you know, you're going to sit there with John Mayer, and it's like, dude, you're doing this. And, like, you know, I'm, I'm like maybe working at Woolies or whatever. Um, firstly, I want to say that doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're doing it for Christ. Um, but I, I, I kind of want to make the point of like, you know, sometimes we can, we can feel like we're on, you know, a different level to some people. Um, and I never, I, I find it so easy as a Christian, and I hope someone will relate with this, is to, is to remember how separated I was from God, how like infinitely on another level I was from God before he came to be my high priest, before he came to be my offering and my sacrifice. Like, honestly, think about it. The creator of heaven and earth, the ultimate power of this universe, the reason we all have breath, the reason that we can sit in this place tonight, like, that, to, to think that it's like, yeah, hey, God, how's it going? Like, to, to have that conversation, like, in our heads, it's like, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And yet, and yet, in Christ, we can come and worship, and we can come and actually live in His presence again. Like, what a revelation. 
what a, like, honestly, like, sometimes we can just, it gets so normal for us. Like, honestly, it gets normal to me. It's like, I'm, I'm connected with God. I can pray, and I can listen to Him, and He can listen to me, and, you know, we're, we're like, I've been made, um, I can enter His presence again through Jesus. And it's, it becomes, like, routine, and, oh my gosh, like, we just need to sit back for a second and be like, Jesus, our priest, you've connected me, 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 with you again, how? Like, God, don't you know who I am? Don't you know that I'm a liar? Don't you know that I've cheated, that I've stolen, that I've committed adultery, that I've murdered my brother, that I haven't honored my father and mother, that I've blasphemed your name, that I've lived this life that I've lived, and yet you want me to come into your throne room and not even to come in so that you can pour out, you know, condemnation and, and wrath and conviction upon me, but come into your throne room so that I can actually sit in your presence as if I was in the garden yet again, sit with you, purely worship and know you as you know me, like... Whoa, <laughs> whoa, that's ridiculous. And you know how it happened? You know how it happened? It didn't happen just by Jesus being like, I'm up here, here you go. See, someone had to pay the price. The offering had to be made and the way in which we had been reconciled with God was actually through him, him in the highest of highs, the almighty one coming down and making himself the servant of all so that we could be elevated to sit in his presence yet again. You know, if, if Jesus and the prophet shows us truth, then Jesus is the priest, he shows us love. Because what greater love than for God to take us, for God to take us and say, here you go, come into my presence. I know what you've done, but I'll pay the price. You know, it still gives me shivers, it still brings tears to my eyes, thinking of Jesus on the cross, his blood pouring out so that we could be saved. I mean, we sung it tonight, Jesus, our Redeemer, our salvation is in your blood. See, in his blood, the price was paid. We were connected to him again. He became our high priest, our it is finished priest, our never, never need another priest, completely done. And I just want to, I want to say it again. I know we might say it every week, but because it's the truth and it's something that we all need to know every single time is that there's nothing that you can do There's nothing that you could have done yesterday, today, or tomorrow that will separate you from the love of God. And it doesn't even matter. If it was just you that exists in this universe, no one else, you were the only one that existed, Jesus still would have gone to that cross for you. He still would have. He still would have paid all of the price so that you could go into relationship with Him because He loves you. And not with some fluffy, um, sweet kind of love, but with an earth-shattering love. You know, it says in the book of Matthew that when Jesus, when the breath finally left his body, when his spirit left him, it says that the earth shook and the rocks cracked under the power of what just happened. Because the love of God is enough to shake your world, is enough to shake off whatever sin is upon you. There's nothing, nothing. And it's not like God doesn't know what we've done. Sometimes it's that we don't want to go to God because we don't want him to know what we've done. It's like, I don't want, I don't want to go to you, God, because, you know, I've done all this. He knows, and he still went to it. And he know, he's sovereign, he knows all, he knows what's going to happen tomorrow, and yet he still would go to the cross to you every single time. Jesus is our priest, we have constant forgiveness, constant, constant forgiveness, made perfect, made acceptable to enter his throne room in him. He's our ultimate prophet, and he shows us all truth, and he's our ultimate priest, he shows us all love. And, and finally, I want to talk about Jesus as our king. Um, 1 Timothy 6.15, it says this, he who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus. Blessed and only sovereign, King of kings, and Lord of lords. Um, we worship a God who has complete control of everything. When The word sovereign, it, it, it ties into the, the word of king. Um, thinking back to olden times of what a king was, it he was the person who you actually 
kind of belonged to him in a way. Back then, we're talking like olden times, you were the kings. But it wasn't like a, a terrible thing to be the kings. It was actually a, a, a safety kind of thing. It was, a, it was a, thank God I'm the kings, because it means that if the enemy comes to attack my land, if, you know, the people come to try and persecute me, it means that I now have a protector. I now have someone that is going to fight for me. If the prophet is truth and the priest is love, then the king is power. And when we accept Jesus into our lives, we don't just like, it's, sometimes we talk about that, like, let's accept Jesus into our lives. And that 100% happens. But I think sometimes a, a, another way, or I don't want to say a better way, but just another way to understand it is that is, it's not that Jesus gets accepted into our lives. We actually get accepted into his kingdom. It's like we, and by kingdom, I mean like exactly what I said, his protection. We get accepted into being part of his realm. Is that Jesus, isn't nece- Jesus is ours, but we are his. Is that from now on, from this day forward, Jesus as my king, I live in your kingdom, which means that all that I am, everything that goes on, rests under your dominion, rests under your protection, rests under your power. So it doesn't matter what I go through. It doesn't matter what comes against me. I'm never alone from this day forward. From now on, I'm under your power and your protection. And whatever is going on in my life, either whether it's an internal thing or an external thing, I know you have power because you beat death itself. And if you can beat death itself, you can beat this sickness. You can beat this sin that I'm struggling with because God, this is tiny. This is small fry to you and your power. To be the kings means to be under his authority. And this is why, this is why we should pray every single day, Lord. That's what Lord means. Lord means I am in your kingdom. Lord means is that all that I am is, is yours. Lord, Lord, Adonai is the Hebrew for it. We should constantly, constantly never forget, doesn't matter what you're going against in your life, Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is Lord. See, my, um, my grandpa, he, um, he passed away, sadly, um, a few years ago, and he passed away from a battle with cancer. And I remember um, the doctors, um, when they were talking to him at first, they, they told him he had months to live. Um, they didn't think by, when they said months, they thought like two, three months. Um, but he lived for over 24 months after they said that. And um, he was a, honestly, he was a constant testimony to these doctors. They used to call him the miracle man because they just, every time he was in the clinic, they just couldn't believe it still. They're like, what are you, what's going on? And one thing I know about my grandpa is that he definitely confessed the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He confessed him as king. He knew his power for his life. And throughout the whole struggle that he dealt with in, in, his, um, in his battle with cancer, I know he had a peace unlike anything else. Like, I remember talking to him. I was actually, I was doing an assignment for a, for a Bible college on suffering. And we had to kind of make it real and talk to someone about suffering and grandpa. Um, and so I remember talking to him and him just telling me, you know, even though I'm in this, I, I feel the presence of God like nothing else. And I feel a positivity like nothing else. And I can still see God moving in my life. I know, I know even in the depths of a battle with cancer that I'm still his. Wow. Just sort of, yeah. <laughs> um, which is beautiful. Because life throws stuff at you. I'm not promising by saying that Jesus is your king, that you're not going to go through trials, you know. We, we have Pastor Fred Bartolo here tonight, who I know you've gone through many trials. Being, Jesus being your king doesn't mean that the world isn't still going to throw the effects of sin, sickness and all that at you. But it means that we have the chance to confess Christ's lordship over it, Christ's kingship, his power over it. To see people with strokes walk into churches. To see people with cancer, you know, living for far longer than they should have. And um, 
You know, one thing I never want us to forget, I never want to forget, as for, of what it means for Jesus to be my king, and it, it honestly, it's, it's a real, it's a bizarre thing to me, is that for some people, they actually fear death. I remember talking to friends and them telling me that they fear death, and it was just bizarre to me. I was like, what? What do you mean you fear death? Like, and it's because I just got so comfortable in my Christianity, I got so comfortable in my relationship with God that I forgot that other people out there don't actually have Jesus and don't have the comfort that knowing that we are His brings. Because the fact that you are Jesus, sis, means that death is no longer the end for you, you know? Like, the ultimate, the, like, really, when it comes to what is the one power on this earth that no one can seem to stand against, it's death. It comes to everyone. Some people might be able to get through life without sickness. Some people might be able to get through life without poverty. But no matter what, death comes to everyone in the end, right? But in Jesus, it doesn't matter because He beat it. And now, what that looks like, that's another message. (laughs) What I do know is that the Bible says that we will rise again, that the death isn't the end anymore thanks to Jesus, that He is the firstborn of the dead, meaning that there are many more to come, all those who place their faith and their trust in Him. And I, I love it. It's the, the, the Bible actually finishes almost the same way it starts. You know, it starts with the Garden of Eden and, you know, man and woman living perfectly in harmony in God. And in the last book of Revelation, it, it talks about that as that that's where we're going to again. You know, I, golden mansions maybe, but what I do know and what gives me so much comfort is that when I finally pass away, whether it's tonight, whether it's 10 years from now, I'm going to God. Like, flip. You know, Clown's just pretty good. You know, I'm loving it here. Like, and so should we all. As far as I'm concerned, this is the closest place to heaven, you know? So, like, we all got, like, if you're in Clown's and a Christian, like, you got the best, you know? You got, as, you got as close to heaven in life, and then you're getting that in the end. Like, hallelujah. But you know what? Like, I, and I don't know if this is it for you, and if it's not, I encourage you to lean into Christ's lordship, his kingship yet again, his ability to defeat death on the cross. But for me, Death is like, yeah, sick. <laughs> you know, not like it's while I'm here, I'm here and praise God that He might use me in some way for His glory. But, you know, when it comes to it, we have a glorious eternity in store for, for us in Him. And um, I, I just, you know, let's all stand. I'm, I don't know what you need to know tonight. You know what blows me away? Is that Christ could be any one of these things and that would be enough for me to give my life to Him. Even if he was just my ultimate prophet who showed me all of God, I would still give my everything to him. Even if he was just my priest that reconciled me with him, even if he was just my king that gave me the power to, to see victory over all that comes in my life, any one of those things by itself, that's like, God, you know, Jesus, you, you've got my life in that there. But that Jesus is all of these for us, that he can be truth, love, and power, all at the same time, it blows me away. We serve such a big God. We serve just, he's beyond everything. And I don't know what you need tonight. I don't know what you need to know more of. Maybe you need more of His truth. Maybe you need to get that roadmap out again. You need Jesus to show you the way again. Maybe you need more of His love. You need to realize that what's happened in your life doesn't define you, but you can actually be in perfect relationship with the Father. Feel all of His earth-shattering, just, you know, just absolutely overwhelming love. Maybe you just need to know His power again, that what you're going through, you can find victory in Him. That what you're going through isn't yours alone to deal with, but you rest in the city, you are a citizen of heaven, and thus you have a claim to the king to come and protect you. Whatever it is, I don't know what it is, but we're going to sing worship, and I just pray right now that you would sing worship from your heart. You would sing worship to the king, knowing that he is worthy, knowing that he is more than enough to supply all of your needs, knowing that he is more than enough to supply truth, love, and power to your life. 
And if we had nothing else but we just had Jesus, then that is enough for us. So as we go into worship, can we just lift up not just our voices but our hearts to God again, saying, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being my prophet. Thank you for being my priest. Thank you for being my king. God, when you created the world, you said it is good. But when you died on that cross, you said it is finished, God. And I declare that whatever I'm going through in this time here, it is finished. So church, let's lift up our praises. Let's lift up our worship to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. God, we love you. Let's sing.